Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming up on the Holderness Family Podcast, are the tables turning? If you can't sit still, be quiet, and do what you're told, you are going to be a terrible homeless adult. Do you have a degree in two words that I suck at? How tall are you? Six foot six, six nine in heels. At some point, you've had to poop. Kim's not on board. Grandpa wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't have a lot to say. So you're putting the school system on blast. I love it. If you say anything to anybody about what I did, I'll kill you. Busted. So I heard about half of what you said. (laughs) You were staring into Max's eyes. I was looking at Max. I know you heard everything, honey. Congratulations. (laughs) I'm worried you're a hoarder. He's already wept. Weaponizing it, the podcast isn't over. I'm just trying to admit what my shortcomings are, and I don't need to be shamed about it. Uh, If a kid brings home all A's and a C, what are we going to talk about? The C. I love, love big discussions. (laughs) Let's start the show. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. We're those people who make the corny videos on YouTube and Facebook, and we're so grateful for those of you who have followed those videos and subscribed to our channels. Now we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast channel. On uh, iTunes, it's a purple button on your phone if that's where you're listening, wherever else you're listening on all the other providers. We love it if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review. It helps other people find us, and that helps us. Yeah, so this is basically our ongoing uh, New Year's resolution that we made two years ago and we (laughs) haven't stopped, which is every week have a conversation with each other about how to be a little bit better. Yes. And I'm telling you, today, today's guest is against the grain, fascinating, and honestly, very surprising, some of the messages that he had. And it, like, it's kind of, it's kind of, the, and I know that it's not his, it wasn't his point to come in and say, Penn, you're, you're right. But, <laughs> but man, did it feel like I was kind so, of right about something. So things. here's the thing. I think that this. I'm never right. This. Oh, so this, this interview, I think has, will change the <laughs> dynamics of our family. I will admit. I think so too. I think that it held up a mirror to me because that maybe I'm not 
always right about everything. So here's the, the, the dynamic of our marriage, okay? <laughs> dynamic of our marriage is I I have 97 self-help books on my nightside table. I'm constantly journaling. I'm constantly being better because I know in my brain, in my brand of crazy, that helps me. So I look at my dear husband and I say, you do this. It'll help you too. And he says... I'm fine. I don't want to. And so like it, it, there are been there have been like fights we've had about I need him to take a journey of self-discovery. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll just sit here. And so, so our compromise is once a week we do a podcast and I try I dabble in little it's kind of uh, like going to the food court of self-help. And, and <laughs> Getting at, a at Chick-fil-A a, sandwich and a burrito. But like at a, these are good guests. So like at a high end like a food court, like a good one, like a high-end mall or even one of those like hipster things in Austin. Yeah. Like one of those food courts. Like, yeah, food with hall. Like, with like ramen, like good ramen, not like oodles and noodles ramen. Okay. So anyway, this is, I think this podcast above the other ones that we have done in the past will have a immediate effect on how the conversations we have up with our kids and the conversations we have in our marriage, because I am ashamed to say I think that the language I've been using specifically with my daughter, I think I've been like shaming her accidentally. I think that I have. Yeah, but me too. Uh, honestly, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm not immune to this. I think particularly on the athletic side, I've been, I've sucked. I have sucked. I've tried to be positive and like try to be there. And, and honestly, I've mistaken being there constantly and providing support on a daily basis for, for being, positive and supportive. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I know. And so, it is. Um, I think that you guys, when you listen to this and, and, and listen with your kids, too, I think there's going to be a lot of you're going to be nodding a lot and you're going to have a lot of questions. Um, and I hope that the, we provide the answers here. So welcome, Mr. David Rendell. Joining us today is David Rendell. It's pronounced David. <laughs> Rendell. <laughs> he says what's weird, what makes us weird makes us wonderful. And what, what makes us weak is actually making us strong. He's spoken to audiences all over the world. He has clients like the U.S. Air Force, Fortune 50 companies like Microsoft and AT&T. Prior to becoming a speaker, he was a leadership professor, stand-up comedian, and nonprofit executive. In between uh, presentations, David completes an ultra marathons and Ironman triathlons. We did a half. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, Dave, He's right here. We can talk. I to know him about David it now. has a doctor of management degree in organizational leadership, as well as a graduate degree in psychology. He's the author of four books, and we'll put the links to all those books in the description. David, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. No, so you're t speaking of strengths and weaknesses. You have a degree in two words that I suck at: <laughs> organizational <laughs> leadership. Yeah, those two and, things: <laughs> organization so, yeah. and leadership. So, what does that mean? Just helping people run their organizations, right? Showing them how to be more effective running their organizations. Yeah. We're going to get to that later. Yeah. I, so one of the reasons that David uh, became <laughs> such a big... I'm sorry. I know it's David, but his last name like is Rendell. Yeah, like we're in a key and peel. That A-A-Ron. No, so yeah. he, he did this bit online, and it, it got very popular about being a tall person in an airplane, and it included a picture, and my heart... Uh, sang for the first time because I've been trying to explain this to my wife and she's never been able to see it firsthand. Yeah. I've never yeah. had the forethought to take a picture of it. Yeah. I'm going to now. But we, you and I have been through the same thing. Would you give us like just sort of the elevator version of, of that airplane moment? Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't uh, 
I mean, if you don't fit in the middle of a plane, right, you don't fit on the side of the plane, right, where they jam. First, they jam how tall are you? Six foot six, yeah. six nine in heels. Yes, that's my boy. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, especially on those regional jets, right, on those regional jets, the one where they take away your, your luggage even, you can't even you take can't your even basic carry-on. You can't even bring your handbag on, yes. yeah. Um, so the, to go into the airplane bathroom, it's already below, like, I, can't, I have to duck to get in, right? right? And then once I'm in, there's no... There's no moving. I can't even lock the door behind me. I can't. I just have to hope <laughs> that's going to be okay. Yep. And, and and what happens is as I try to move closer to the toilet, it just pushes my head. Because there's closer. a slope. Yeah, because yeah. the ceiling yeah. turns into the wall, turns into the floor yes. very, very quickly. Um, and so as I move forward, it just pushes my face closer to the toilet. And so I've developed something that we call the limbo yoga approach. So I press my face into the ceiling and then try to form the front of my upper body to match the side of the airplane, kind of match that rounded shape. And uh, then we kind of go from there. Well, I'm not like, I wouldn't say like anatomy expert, but I would say there would be a problem then. You're arching back yeah and then oh the aim's terrible the aim, well there's no aim. yeah there's no visual information for <laughs> yeah. it to really and what would you say the bowl is probably 60 percent diameter of a normal bowl oh it's yeah, like yeah not yeah. a big bowl well and it, most so, of the time when you lift up the seat it just falls back down anyway and then yep. you lift it up and it falls back down so you just have to kind of but dude i've do been doing the be head done. anchor for yeah. for maybe 20 years and i'm yeah. sure a lot of us have yeah i finally gave up and i just sit down when i pee now there you go but hold on do your knees hit the door though if uh, you sit down? yeah Yes, they do. So that's what people say is they're like, Dave, you make all these jokes about turning into a woman. Why don't you just sit down? Yeah. yeah. Uh, two problems. I'd have to leave the bathroom and back it in, right? Those are the, That's the only yeah. way to make it happen. But for a long-legged guy, unlike Penn, who's a long torso guy, right. mm-hmm. for a long-legged guy, yeah, there's no sitting down. Oh, you there's can't no, sit down. Not in those regional ones. There's no sitting down. Because you can't even, you know, you normally if you want a little more room, you'd kind of go with the man spread, right? Yeah. But you can't because it's so narrow. Uh-huh. So narrow, yeah. So now you're you're back off the seat. Yeah, it's I not would a, love this. I, w- I would program. just for one day. I would love to have this as a problem. My problem is like I. You're I, doing and, yoga in the airplane bathroom, aren't you? Like you're. Yes, you can, I can stretch yeah, out yeah. a little bit. You're take doing a nap. Little she's getting her pose. steps in. Yeah, yes. she's doing, <laughs> her steps in. Hey, so uh, so David, um, you've gone on some pretty long flights. You're an important guy. You <laughs> at some point you've had to poop. I don't know if that. If, I don't know if <laughs> importance and long flights are directly related. But I like your style. Yeah, yeah. but you travel to help people out and at yeah. some point like you're gonna have a bran muffin or a cup yeah. of coffee and you're gonna have to deuce it out no you just so fast like, you fast before all have flights. you never pooped on a plane no 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 on the non-regional oh flights God. you can sit down you right? wait I mean, until once you get on those international flights on the international what flights about, like, a, they get bigger so and, there wasn't like a non-regional that you got stuck oh my, on the runway please, you've never had to poop in a non-regional plane stop it I don't this think, is an important I, question I don't think so they're usually okay. short flights too usually yeah. you can lock it down <laughs> might yeah. cause you some stress later but you can lock it down for a little so while so that's that's one of his his next uh, t-shirts it's just gonna say <laughs> and lock this is it why down. I got a doctor of management and organizational leadership <laughs> right. so I could leave this kind of legacy so that this is the so, kind of information I could share with the world exactly right. and this yeah. is where we have a podcast because we ask the tough questions <laughs> Only 10 more minutes on poop talk. I know, <laughs> and then we're good. And, and oh, for the love. So, on this All podcast, right. we yes. are desperately trying to be better humans. Yes. Yes. We're trying to do life better. And it's really yep. just an excuse for free therapy from smart people. Yep, got it. And so, um, because normally, if I just called you out of the blue and said, uh, David, would you drive to Raleigh and come talk to us? You'd be like, who are you? But now we have a microphone, and so we can make you talk I to gotcha. us. I gotcha. I gotcha. So you have this theory, and I believe it to be truth, but but what makes us weird makes us wonderful. Right. So So talk to us about how, how you parent that. You tell yeah. stories of being kind of like the kid who can't sit still, yeah, and then yeah. now look at you. Yeah. But how do you, how, do you, how do you parent a kid 
Because when it comes down to it, you need your kid to sit still occasionally. Right? Yeah, yeah. So how does that work? So let me just set it up a little bit, right, what the idea means. So I was always in trouble because I couldn't sit still, be quiet, do what I was told. And then at some point in my adult life, I realized I was getting paid as a speaker to stand up, talk, run my own business, right? So I realized my weaknesses were also strengths, started to wonder if other people had weaknesses that were strengths. They did. Um, and so I started talking about that and sharing with people how they could live their lives that way. And, and even when I would do it for – that's how it started with managers and organ, organizational leadership. Um, people would come up afterwards and be like, that was great. I'm going to use that at my company company with my people, but I got this kid with dyslexia. I got this kid with ADD. I got this kid who's getting bullied. Um, and so that's why I wrote the kids book to try to help kids sort of understand this. And it definitely applies to parenting. So I have three daughters, 17, 15, and 12. Mm -hmm. um, those are weird names, but we really like them. Um, <laughs> and so uh, it definitely applies. So um, really, it comes down to recognizing that anything that's bothering you about your kid, any of those weaknesses, and we're really clear on what those are, they're driving us crazy, is also a strength. And it's being able to see that upside. That's sort of the first step. So the first step is awareness, being able to see, because just saying, oh, well, just love them because they're weird or don't worry about their weaknesses. It, the first step is you have to see that the weakness is also a strength. So um, like my youngest daughter, um, she's difficult. Um, she said when she was three, I hate you and I wish I had another family, right? She said that to my wife and I. And we were like, hey, you know, we really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, <laughs> you know, being honest with us, we're glad you feel like you can communicate because, um, you know, we've been feeling the same way about you. Uh, and we didn't know that we were going to have this conversation. <laughs> And we're actually in the process now of looking for a family for you. Uh, so she's really difficult. When you're looking at the weakness as a parent, you're frustrated because she's stubborn, for example, right? She's right. really stubborn. The upside is she's persistent. And as an adult, that's really going to pay off yeah. for her uh, unless you try to break her of that, which is what a lot of parents think their job is, right? I need her to learn that that's not going to work. But in fact, it does work. You know, we just call it stubbornness when it's happening to, happening to us. We call it persistence when she's doing it with someone else, right? right. When, we, when she doesn't let someone else push her around, when she doesn't let other people take advantage of her, when she keeps going to try to get her dreams or accomplish her goals. And so the first part is that reframing to see that every weakness has a strength. There's always an upside and then look at how that changes the way we interact with our kids. And it, it's true because you want, especially as a woman, you want her to stand up for herself. You yep. don't want her to be bullied or taken advantage of. Yep. She, yeah, I, I love that quality in a human, yeah. but as a three-year-old, it sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. And when they're, that's what I mean. So we have to be able to break a, the first part. I think as a parent is being able to separate what I personally like or enjoy. Mm -hmm. from what is, in fact, a positive quality, right? And so right. oftentimes we want the kid to sit down and shut up, but it isn't necessarily wrong what they're doing. It's just something we're not appreciating in that moment, right? Yeah. And so being able to say, I don't like it, but it's not wrong is one of those sort of parenting skills that I think we need to be able to have, whereas normally what we say is, mm, that's kind of wrong because I don't like it, right? And right. so we just we make things that we don't like wrong, and we say our kid's bad when, in fact, they're, they're just a person. All right, we're coming right back. We want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Care Of. They support us, so please support them. So this is amazing. Every year, you know, fresh start. People are making health and wellness a top priority. And with the help of Care Of Monthly's uh, subscription vitamin service, whether you're focused on glowing skin or boosting your energy levels, getting more sleep, or generally just like being healthy, you should check out Care Of. Uh, they have a fun online quiz, ask you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices. It takes about five minutes and it finds out like, your personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. So you can't just like 
taking a multivitamin? No, people, and that's the thing is that I started taking these supplements. I definitely saw a difference in my energy level. And you get a personalized uh, care of subscription box sent right to your door every month. And it's just there on these like little packets so it's easy to use. And a portion of every sale goes to the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. Do you remember the old days when dudes just had like a big giant can of multivitamins? They're like, I'm okay. And you eat like pizza and drink a bunch of beer. Yeah, we definitely know know better. better, So we do better. Okay. So go to takecareof.com, enter promo code Holderness, H-O-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S 50, Holderness 50, to get 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. So go to takecareof.com, enter promo code Holderness 50 for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. I can vouch for this in the sense that my wife has a lot of energy. She's All the time. up and ready to go. All the time. At 7 a.m., she's got plans. I like to make my lists. Yes. These are all great pieces of advice. And yeah. and by the way, listening to your entire and, and having a chance to listen to your entire kind of keynote address on YouTube, number one, kudos to you because I don't ever listen to anything for 30 straight minutes. And you found a way, you actually found a way to keep me interested with good examples and, and keep it going. Yeah. I also am I'm of the belief, I'm kind of the, um, I'm the devil's advocate when it comes to self-help. Sure. I want to sure. get better, but I'm, I'm always, yeah. I'm always careful because I hear these things and I'm, I feel extremely motivated. And I realize that the maintenance part of it is probably the most difficult thing because you can go to one of these seminars or, or listen to you and go, yeah. yeah. And then a week later, you're kind of back to your own habits. Yeah. So how important is maintenance and all the things that you're talking about? Well, see, when it comes to yourself, I mean, in the book, I actually talk about self-improvement. I think most of self-improvement is the problem. What they tell you is, well, here, Penn, there's something wrong with you. We're going to help you fix it. We're going to get you motivated to fix it. Then you walk away and you're motivated, like you said, for a little while and you veer off, right? Right. So what I'm actually talking about isn't really self-improvement in that same way, self-development in the same way. It's saying you're already better than you think. Mm -hmm. You're already trying to fix things about yourself that you actually should be actually maybe turning up the volume on. And that's not hard for someone who talks too much, telling them talk more and find more situations in which you get paid to talk and rewarded for talking, telling a person who's persistent to become even more persistent and to not listen to those people who tell them to dial it back or to be more flexible or to let it go, that's actually not hard to maintain because that's what we're trying to do anyway. It's it's telling people to do those things they sort of can't not do, right? So I'm definitely with you on that because that same kind of stuff bothers me about self-improvement. So I think when you tell people, be who you are, and that's probably going to work out better than you thought, and here's another way to look at it, I think that's easy to maintain because that's where the person's already at. All right. So we have kids, and we, yeah. have, we have one kid who's the same age as your kid, the, the yeah. one who's uh, two teen, yeah. or 12 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... If we, like every other uh, teenager, she has wonderful, wonderful qualities. She also has things that like we really, like we see yeah. deficiencies we want her to work on and get better at. Yeah. If we tell her, hey, you're already doing great. Um, yeah. Is that going to... You never clean your room. I'm worried you're a hoarder, but you keep doing that. Like that's that's yeah. where my like, Kim's, mom Kim's brain... head's about to explode with this thought yeah. of like not being able to <laughs> but govern But she's this. wildly creative. She's uh, hilarious. See, so you already... Yeah, you yeah already so I, I identify... Yeah. That the trap, the 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 benefits are she could be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, she is wonderfully empathetic. She's all of these things, 
But, yeah. but there are some life skill maintenance things that I'm like, yeah. you, and I've said these words are like your college roommate is going to apply for a transfer yeah. because you might get like cat scratch fever. There might be a cat living here. Yeah. I don't know. There's wild animals living yeah, here. Yeah, there's so, wild animals. So sanitation is an issue at some point, right? Um, <laughs> but you already hit on something, right? So there's been studies recently that have proven that creativity and, and disorder messiness are actually linked to the point that they recommend that people set up messy spaces when they want to be more creative. Um, there's a great book I just read called Messy, The Power of Disorder to Improve Your Life. One of the ones that I included in my first book is called um, A Perfect Mess, The Hidden Benefits of Disorder. So there's huge advantages to messing. There's also huge advantages to organization, right? And so one of the things that we're talking about is being able to redefine what good is, right? Being able to redefine what good is, and it's good to be organized, but it's also good to be creative, which comes with messiness, right? right. And so that's being able to, again, that's the seeing the upside. So instead of saying, I let my daughter... Uh, have a messy room, you say, I let my daughter be creative. Now you don't sound like someone that they should take their, your children away, right? Um, and so that's part of it is being able to say, I would prefer order, mm-hmm. but it isn't a universal sort of good that has to be achieved. And, and if somebody can't, they're, they're going to be a problem because there's plenty of examples of very, very successful and very, very messy people. Um, and there's a lot of ways to work around that. One is have somebody else do it, right? We pay someone to clean our house. Uh, that's one of the options in life. You can be a messy person and still not even have a messy environment. You get other people involved, people whose strengths uh, match your weaknesses. That's one of the things we call affiliation in the book, how to, how to connect people. Hmm. Um, and now a kids has a harder time doing that, but, but um, it I, isn't I, necessarily a life skill. Kim's think, not on board. I, so, Kim is not so on board. She's not on fine. board. She's I, off I think, board. Uh, so here, here is where I married. We married well. We matched yeah, yeah. well because yeah. he is what you describe is like he is he is stereotypical creative right. in which there is a just he skips past like in, I want to look at life through his eyes. It's glitter and sunshine sure. and unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. Whereas I see piles of laundry and dishes undone. Like yeah. I want to not see those, but I see. So those. he proves the point, right? He, he married he, you because and now I, his life isn't messy. Exactly. But yeah. do you know what the whole point of this podcast is, David? <laughs> is for her to get me to listen to people to get me to be better at things. And what you're well, saying? I don't know why she brought me I, on. That. I that's don't not, either. I don't either. Not, but, no, but I'm thrilled. I, I'm, yeah. I'm it's happy to reframe. But I also feel like a wet towel on the floor is my kryptonite. And my 12-year-old needs to learn how to hang up a towel. Like, I can outsource some, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you outsource, they're going to – she's going to get worse at it. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, I need her to hang up a towel. And so there are – like, I'm I'm with you. And I want to be supportive, but I also want her to hang up a wet towel because I – I did. I had like a not a shining parenting moment Christmas yeah. Eve. I walked in and there was like wet towels on the floor and I... You had one like two days ago. I did. But then that was because I asked her to clean her room and she said she did and she didn't. And so there's like a whole yeah. different... Yeah. But, she, but you know what she was doing? She was sitting like making a necklace. Yeah. yeah. She was sitting there like... She was being like sitting there like doing the thing that she's really good at. Yeah. And I wanted her to clean her room. So. I, I, there's nothing wrong. I mean, let's be clear for a second. There's nothing wrong with asking a kid to pick up a towel. That's not. Yeah. But, but I, I think there is, you know, there is a point at which there was a lady who uh, it was in Australia. She saw my presentation. She's like, oh, my gosh, my daughter is who you're talking about. She's creative. She's messy. Um, I always freak out. She goes, you know what? She can close her door. 
and yeah. then, then we can all move on, right? So that that becomes part of the thing. What is it okay for a person to manage their space in the way that 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 works for them, and for us to let that be again something that I, uh, what I'm also saying here is that's going to bother you, and I'm not telling you it shouldn't, right? I'm tell it would be disingenuous to say accept her being messy and then also completely change your desire for right. for order, right? So that's not what I'm saying. It's going to bother you, right? It's going to be frustrating to you. That's not your way. That's not ideal for you, and yeah. that is something. So here, let me give you. Let's let's tie that into parenting. At some point, this goes both ways. And as our kids get older, and I think your kids are definitely old enough for that, you can say to your kid, this isn't necessarily right or perfect, but this is me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to change in certain ways, just like I don't expect you to. And so I need you to do certain things for me because this is the way I am. And I'm going to do my best to adapt to your particular style. Mm-hmm. So that's an, that's sort of a that's graduate fair. level moment is that at some point with your kids, it goes both ways, right? Hey, you wish I was more blah, 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 fill in the blank. And I'm never going to do that. I'm mm-hmm. never going to be that. Let's move on from that. And I'm also going to accept certain things about you. And so that's the second step, awareness. And the second step is accepting that the other person sort of is the way they are and that you're probably not. I mean, why? Because that's worth asking. Why is she that way if you're so structured and ordered, right? It's not because she lives in an environment that taught mm-hmm. her that. It's because we're hardwired to have certain styles. And it sounds like your son might have a slightly different style. It's not because we did a bad job. Our kids are the way they are because that's the way they're born. That's the way they're made. That's the way their their makeup is. Uh, my oldest daughter wants to be 15 minutes early to everything. My wife's 15 minutes late to everything. I'm on time. There's no reason she should want to be 15 minutes early to everything except she just is. That's her thing. She's more responsible and more adult than we are. Uh, and she is that way. I can either accept that or I can fight with that. But she's always, if, I, if she's 14 minutes early, she's late. And how did we how are we such yeah. terrible parents? No, it's same. I want to be early to everything. Yeah. Yeah. How um what are some of the challenges of your work message uh and then coexisting with a wife? <laughs> Yeah, so basically, you know basically my wife, you know, let's take the pink, for example. She thinks it's ridiculous. I have to remind her that pink pays the bills. Um, she, so, by the way, David yeah. is He's wearing pink, pink pants, pink glasses, pink yeah. watch. You look, pink, you look yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I think Thank you look you. I appreciate striking. That. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, yeah, but maybe sometimes you could just dress normal, and I think you look nice in dark colors and whatever. Um, so she's definitely not um, as accepting. She's definitely not as freaky. She definitely – that's not her style. And, again, that's part of acceptance, right? I'm not trying to – mold her into that. Right. Um, she is who she is and she can accept certain parts of sort of what I, I teach about, but it's not her um, it's not her main message. Her main message is I'm organized. You should be more organized. <laughs> I'm a good person right. and you should be a good person in the way that I define good. Um, at the same time, it's it's really helped our marriage. You know, um, I'm not busy trying to uh, turn her into someone else. I'm not busy waiting for her to transform into this person that I wish she was. Uh, I think this idea of acceptance and appreciation is, is, is changing our relationship. I mean, one of the stories I tell is my grandparents lived to be 95 and 96. And um, – so they were married for more than 70 years. And the last time I visited them, my grandma was complaining that my grandpa didn't talk to her enough. And <laughs> Aww, uh, I love that. As though she was just on the verge of a breakthrough, right? Like grandpa was just about <laughs> at 94 to become you know, the man. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's, let's give this another 20 years yeah. and we're yeah, going to nail it down. I think we're almost we're there, yeah. right? And, um, you know, and he had his own plan, right? If you noticed him, he just he was thinking, you know, maybe if I sit really quiet <laughs> – 
and really still she won't know I'm she here. won't see me and she'll <laughs> shut up and leave me alone right so we've been taught in our society you can you can be whatever you want if you just want it bad enough and you just try hard enough right. and then we expect that from other people and then when they don't we say things like they don't love us or they're not really trying when in fact I think 70 years sort of proves that grandpa wasn't a bad guy he just didn't have a lot to say, to say <laughs> and grandma wasn't a bad person she just liked to she hang wanted out someone, and wanted to chat yeah, yeah, right he wasn't would. so he wasn't waking up every morning like i'm gonna hold it in and not let her know what i'm thinking he he didn't have a lot that he wanted to share he didn't have a lot he was just a quiet he he was a this farmer he was, he was in the tractor for 15 hours a day if you got a ton to say that's not a good environment for you right and so that's part and that's what i tell people you don't have 70 years with your employees uh you you don't have 70 years with your kids to turn them in. You, you don't have that. And even in that time, you didn't get what you wanted. So at some point, it becomes about going, this is who they are. If I'm into that, great. Let's keep doing this. And if I'm not, it's not going to change. That's one of the key things. That's part of acceptance. It's not going to change. So is this something I can live with? My way of saying is everybody has side effects. There's no such thing as a person without side It's side effects of being short, but there's side effects of being tall. So we always think, oh, but that way at least – is better, but it's no, everything there's... has a downside. Everything has a downside. Yeah, and I, I see a pitfall here um, because I like <laughs> I see a way for me to weaponize your message against my wife. And I <laughs> the don't, entire t- he's smiling more than that. he ever has. Yeah, so, yeah. In yeah. every podcast, we interview something because I'm so desperate for him to embrace some sort of like self help. Yeah. he feels very. He, he's like, "What's wrong with me? I'm great. I still have a lot to yeah. say. Whatever, I'm you're fine. I'm perfectly happy. Why are <laughs> yeah. you sending me to these places? Yeah. <laughs> It's because you're not happy, obviously. No, well, like it's, no I yeah. just I see the benefit of like self reflection and how it's yeah. helped me. But I like this kind of self help. This is the just you're good. Like, I, <laughs> but, but see, like I am already finding ways to like look at her and say, "See, after this, um, so it has and to I go, shouldn't be doing yeah, that." Yeah, so it right? has to go both ways, right? So it becomes um, you saying, "Hey, she really wants things to be neat and organized," and at some point, I need to accept that and make certain adjustments, right? There it that is. that's not going to change. Yeah. That I can't say. See, my way is awesome, so you should also buy into my way. It's being able to say that even though they're opposites, well, and let's let's pretend that he was super organized and you're super organized, right? Mm-hmm. Then the conflict becomes his organizational style doesn't match yours, and you're like, no, we're supposed to put it here, and he's like, no, it's supposed to so go we're here. Screwed either way. Is That's what, you're what I mean. There's no perfect. There's no perfect way. Well, no, right? the perfect way for her is that I do it exactly as that you do she, it the way. She and I'm not. I'm not to. trying to sound yeah. like uh, uh, Ralph Cramden here or Ed Norton. Like I, I right. like I'm. I'm I don't want to stereotype it too much, but in our particular family, that's how that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I just, um, I, you know, I'll clean it up when I feel like cleaning it up. Yeah. Which is never. Yeah, he which never is never. Feel, he never. Which is why it. you just threw away all this stuff in a Marie Kondo moment. Yeah, yeah, sure did. Video. Yeah, and then we got so. Oh my gosh! And for the record, guys, we were exaggerating. I didn't throw away his stuff. He went through his closet, and I know that Marie Kondo. You can't touch other people's stuff. It was exaggerated. It's a video. On Facebook, so stop emailing me about the wrong things oh, I do sure, with cleaning. Oh sure. my gosh, so much! I'm like, but guys, yes. I'm like, guys, it was exaggerated. <laughs> do you think I actually sing and dance when I'm cleaning at a closet? No. Okay, stop. Yeah, <laughs> stop. Yeah, so you don't. Yeah, that's definitely not the goal. And sometimes people do that, like, oh, I'm going to take because I have an assessment that shows people what their weaknesses and strengths are, and then it shows them how they're connected, right? Yeah. So that messy people are oftentimes creative, organized people. The frustration people have is that they're inflexible, right? You, you it has to be your way. Um, and so people want to go home and say, see. There's an upside to the things you've been complaining about with me. The reality is, though, yeah, there's also an upside to the things that are bothering you about that person, the reason you feel like you have to have this conversation. So both parties have to be willing to accept 
the upside of that person's downside and be able to accept those side effects and see that there's a tremendous advantage that that brings to their relationship. So still the mindset we're still having is, yeah, but there's these things that bother me. What we have to start honing in on is there's an upside. That's actually what attracted me to the person in the first place. I get to decide how I look at this person. Is it a person who's controlling me and trying to make me do things their way? Or is it a person who's creating a relatively decent environment for me to live in? And don't I appreciate that? And wasn't that one of the initial attractions, right? So how do I frame on a daily basis the positives of this other person instead of framing negative? Because you always can frame it as a negative. Anything can be framed as a negative. So if we get in the habit of framing as a positive, that's what starts to transform our relationship. The downside starts to become invisible over time when we see there's no way to have one without the other. So... Okay. This is turning into some some actual I, I marriage it always counseling. Is. It always is. Oh, it always I do have a master's degree in that, so I am. Okay. Good. We're I don't know how much. I know you said to yeah. have a flight later, but I'm uh, no, thinking you're going to need to. Okay. I got time. Okay. I got good. Time. Good. Right. Sit tight. It's just the parking. It's just I, until twelve forty one for parking. <laughs> So there's there's obviously a downside to your upsides, too. I mean, yep. I know that there's an upside to your downsides. Should yep. we start looking for the downsides to our upsides, or is that do we just leave that alone? Uh, I don't think we have to look. I think people are pointing them they, out to they, us every day. I don't obvious. think that's a problem that okay. most people have. I don't think most people are like, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, I mean, if people don't, that is the downside, right? They're arrogant. They're conceited. They think they're the best. Um, so, And you can't point that out to those people anyway. So I think for most of us, uh, at least for most of the people I run into, our parents are pretty clear growing up what's wrong with us. Our teachers are pretty clear with what's wrong with us. Our employers are pretty clear what's wrong with us. Our spouses are pretty clear what's wrong with us. Our family members are pretty clear. Most people don't lack for negative feedback, right? right? Most people don't lack for, ooh, if I just had some insight, if people would just be upfront with me about what they hate about me. So I don't think that's the the (laughs) struggle that we're having. And most of the self-help world is is built on that, right? Uh, Yeah, you procrastinate too much. Here's how to fix it. Yeah, you don't manage your time well. Here's how to fix that. Hey, you're disorganized. Here's how to fix that. It's tapping into that I'm not, but I should be and missing out on because that is the self-help. This isn't just this doesn't just stop with acceptance. Right. One of the steps in, in my process is amplification, sort of turning up the volume on who you are. So instead of me trying to be so let's take Penn's example, instead of trying to be more organized. I'm going to be more creative. And when I am, that's actually going to make me potentially even more messy because I'm busy chasing around all of these other projects, right? And I do think in a marriage relationship, I mean, I... Um, I hired the person to clean our house for precisely the reasons that you all are discussing. My wife was working on a master's degree. We had little kids. I was teaching full-time, teaching part-time, and starting a business, and I don't really know how to organize the right way anyway, right, Mm -hmm. and clean up. And so she's, like, sweeping underneath the table at, like, midnight. Yeah, it's bananas. And and so what what the the normal response is to go, hey, why don't you just relax, calm down, don't worry about it. And that makes me jump out of my skin. Which is never going to happen. So that's the acceptance part. That's never going to happen. Right. I'm not going to do it because I wouldn't do it right. And I have all these other things to do as well. What if we got somebody to do this who that's their job? Right. Right. And so we did. And that freed up her time to focus on what she was doing. Um, It freed up me to focus on what I was doing. And it kept the environment the way that she needs it to be without her having to be the one that does it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that idea of outsourcing partnership and sometimes it's not partnership between the two. Sometimes it's getting other people involved. I'm terrible at routine maintenance activities. So. She'd be like, hey, the grass needs to be mowed. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just did it like three days ago. She's like, it was like three weeks ago. Right. So 
I actually built my business on paying somebody to do the lawn, which took three hours. I took that three hours a week and started building my business. And that's been far more valuable than me cutting the grass. Right. So I'm trying to get people focused on spending time on those activities where they have the highest potential to be successful, where they bring the greatest value to the relationship and where they're actually building on the things that are going to make them actually better instead of trying to remediate those things where they struggle. It's amazing when you run your own business, you have to figure that out. It's, yeah, with the it's, hourly. It's, yeah. It is like yeah. the use of your time yeah. becomes. I remember when I was working at the uh, TV station, I, I figured out one night, like I was pretty good at my job, but if I wanted to do exactly what was expected of me and no more, it required approximately 47 minutes of work. Yeah. That was about what it was over the course of eight hours, 47 yeah. minutes of work. Yeah. And the rest of it, I could be doing whatever I wanted to, looking at my phone, doing crossword puzzles, like whatever yeah. it is. But when you run your own business, it's, it's, you do have to find like an efficient way to do it. Yeah. And it probably the same thing with the family. Like News anchors family. around the country right now are listening and being like, shh, don't tell people. Well, don't, yeah, they don't tell people. They know. They all know. <laughs> it was the same thing as a college professor. One of my friends, he was also a college professor, and he said, being a full-time college professor is the best part-time job you'll ever have. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, and that, and, but I, so we have, um, it took us a while, but it, um, and believe it or not, it took this guy a while to agree to outsource that, like, lawn stuff. Because yeah, yeah, he did yeah. say, he's like, I- I'll do it. And, like, years would pass to the point we yeah. just donated our lawnmower because i'm like yeah. why do we even keep this thing yeah if like the apocalypse comes and our, our yard guy can't come then it'll just grow because yeah. there's no I think chance the apocalypse gonna, lawn care yeah it lowers it goes, it goes lower on the priority i list. know i don't know yeah. i don't know I, i'm gonna like things clean when when the rapture comes <laughs> i think one of the barriers people have with this is they say things like well geez oh so i'm fancy now i'm hiring somebody to clean my right. house every time you eat out you're paying someone to cook your food. You're paying someone to wash your dishes. Yeah. You're paying somebody. This is something we already do. People just have a hard time taking it farther. But we already do this all the time with all sorts of things. Most people don't know how to fix their own cars. You certainly didn't build your own car. You didn't make your own clothes. We outsource tons of stuff. That's right. the way the world works so that people can do what they have the chance to do best. And then when you try to go a little farther, there's certain things that like, ooh, a maid? I don't know that I'm that kind of person. Oh, someone to cook my meals? I'm not that kind of person. Someone doing my laundry? I'm not that kind of person. It has nothing to do with being that kind of person. And I think that's one of those things in marriages but also in parenting that can be huge is when you just say, well, that's just what a good husband does, or that's just what a good wife does, or someone has to do fill in the blank, especially in 21st century society, that's never true, right? Mm -hmm. That's never true. There is always a way to have, somebody just has to do the grocery shopping. No, I mean, now literally can have it just delivered Delivered, to the front door, right? Someone has to put it away. No, you could hire somebody to do that. So again, you can create a relationship in which you're constantly noticing what that other person can't do, or you can look to create a relationship in which some of those things just aren't necessary. And also look for some of those ways where it goes both directions. My wife likes to make these huge elaborate meals Mm -hmm. um, and spends hours and hours on them and then gets frustrated when we eat it in, you know, seven and a half minutes. One of the things, and then she's also exhausted and doesn't want to put it away. One of the things that I'm great at is I sort of see a, the perfect container for all of the leftovers. And I'm really good at sort of a finite structured job at the end of this will be done in five minutes Mm -hmm. and I can take care of it. It's a huge blessing to her. I don't want to make the meal. She doesn't want to clean up the meal. We team up and she never complains that I don't make it. And I never complain that she doesn't clean it up. Does that make sense? Right. So being able to find those roles within the relationship where instead of, even with kids, instead of saying, well, Everyone has to take out the garbage. Everyone has to do the dishes. You may find that one of your kids is more of a dish person. One of your kids is more of a trash person. One of your kids is more of an outdoor 
right. chores person. One of your kids is more of an indoor uh, chores person. Um, and you can start dividing those up based on strengths as well instead of saying, well, this is just something everybody has to do. That's rarely the case. Even in any situation, you can have a roommate where you, you divide up duties. Um, I, I do. I'm not going to abandon our kids' needs to like hang up a towel and, and take out the garbage. But I do feel, after hearing you talk, that I, I perhaps have shamed my daughter a little bit. <laughs> because seriously, because I have said the words like, Kids, you know, you need kids that keep rooms like this. They become adults who keep houses like this. And you're yeah. not, you know, your college yeah. roommate's going to, you know, like abandon you. So I, th- yeah. I feel like I've shamed her a little bit. Like, what's the language yeah. I should be using? Can you say disappointed? Because you like that worked. That worked. Well, you went for like, you, like, well, this was that's still shaming. Let me give you, let, let, let me give you some context. It worked. Though, I did say on Saturday, I'm like, here's the deal. She was having, it was her birthday like party. I'm using air quote, just her cousins were coming over for a sleepover. I'm like, this is, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning everything. I got a birthday cake. I'm, I'm doing everything. Here's what I need from you. I expect you to clean your room, wipe off counter, like wipe off the bathroom counter, all this stuff, make your bed. Do, and I like listed out, put your laundry in a hamper, the whole right, thing. And right. then she came down a half hour later. I said, did, did you do that? And she said, yes. And then I walked up and nothing had been touched. No, right. So there was like, there was more than just she didn't do, she'd like lied to me. And yeah. that was yeah. a first. Yeah, I was yeah. disappointed. Like, yeah. I, I th- that's why I thought that was, but you were saying don't use the word disappointed. Um, well, you can say you're disappointed. You when need somebody, to come parent our kids lies. for a week and see uh, if you quit your job. Somebody lies. <laughs> um, so two things. Um that, yeah, the subtitle of the book is Discovering Uniqueness by Flaunting Weakness, right? And so flaunt means to parade without shame, right? And so we live in a world that does try to shame us into behaving the way they want to want us to, right? Um, and so I do I, – I am hesitant to do that with the kids. I do think you can set limits. I think you can set boundaries. I think you can have consequences, right? Like, hey, you could even have – like it could be the day before. This party isn't happening unless these five things get done. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm not telling you what you can and can't tell your kids not to do. Um, I do – think when we start to talk about all of these lifetime consequences again there's you know albert einstein was famously messy there's there's there i, I don't have time you know there's yeah, so there is, many it, yeah. sure. it, it, it isn't a she won't fail we, at life because she yeah. can't put laundry and in yet we, but we try to frame it that yes. way right and that's yes. not fair right that's not right. fair and we also are trying to shame them into being demoralized about who they are instead of saying one of the things i love about you is how creative you are this messy thing drives me crazy because of who I am. Right. And sometimes I need you to do certain things. Um, but it's also looking for a chance to look. Uh, you got to pay your brother 15 bucks to come in and clean your room. Um, or, you know, there's some other thing that has to happen. Um, or it can be she does certain things, you do certain other things because they're the things you're good at, right? right. Um, but I, I think we can set limits with our kids. I absolutely agree with that. I think we can have consequences. Um, we can tell kids uh, if this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen. And those are natural consequences in life because asking your kid to clean their room isn't asking them to stop being who they are, right? Right. Isn't asking them to stop being who they are. But constantly having that become kind of their identity in the family. My parents called me motor mouth and they were trying to shame me into being quiet and the whole message growing up was if you can't sit still, be quiet and do what you're told, you are going to be a terrible homeless adult. (laughs) Um, And the reason that's fascinating is because I kept speaking became a professional speaker and bought them a house with the money that I make as a professional speaker. So not only did I not become homeless, I prevented their homelessness using the very thing, right? So I think that's where I'm trying to get people to is for you to wake up in the morning and be so thrilled about your daughter's creativity that the other stuff starts to matter less. Right. Whereas right now, that's like 
in your mind most of the time, that's like one of her main sort of identifiers, right? That's one of her main problems. That's one of her main issues. Um, and, and that's, I and think it, that becomes detrimental to the relationship over time. And, it, right, it, it, school, it dampens the relationship. And school, yeah. sadly, and we go to a wonderful school, so I'm not like yeah. shaming these teachers or whatever, yeah. but they're judged on like how well they do in a quiz and a test, not on like their beautiful art project yeah. that's not graded. It happens every day. It so happens every day. there is yep. like some built-in sort of shame if you are not excelling yeah. at these like sitting still, shutting up. Yep. Yeah, there's yeah. some built-in shame into the so And that's why I speak to teachers yeah. and school administrators, because that's what we do. We say, you're never going to be successful when, think about it, oftentimes those artists, those, you know, think about any of the things you're good at. If you're not good at science, and if you're not good at math, and you're not good at English, people tell you you're, you're, you're going to fail in school, right. right? And you're going to fail in life. And so if you're great at art, Nobody cares. You're great at band. Nobody cares. You're great at drama. Nobody cares. And yet, who do we pay the most? We pay our <laughs> artists the most. We pay our musicians the most. And we pay our actors and actresses the most. But when you're succeeding at those in a school environment that values not traditional yeah. intelligence, it's like, isn't that cute that you're doing well in art class, but you're struggling in AP English? So that's really what's going to hold you back. So again, we do this in all aspects of society. And, and I'm sort of trying to fight it in all those aspects of society. Yeah. So you're putting the school system on blast. I love it. Yeah, I, I think um, honestly, I think I would have gotten even better grades like if I if they could have put more of a, a focus on performing arts and stuff like that. Yeah. So your theories and your um, your um, your fifty thousand foot like thirty what's that? How many yeah. feet do people look so at things? So he's not a big picture thinker, so yeah. he doesn't even your know big, how high you have to go to right. look down. Yeah. You're, the big you're, picture. You're big picture from <laughs> orbiting the whatever it's from six foot six. Is that sure? You're looking just, down. Just from exactly. looking down. Very high up. <laughs> it's, it's it's ironclad. It's fantastic. I am struggling still yeah. Yeah. to to find. Find a script or a solution for how to deal with real problems when it comes to parenting. I'm wondering if you have a story that really challenged your beliefs when it came to parenting and this theory and how you were able yeah. to get around it. I mean, it constantly comes up. It constantly comes up all the time. I think let, let's let me, let's take a step back, though. You said take on real parenting problems, right? So I think part of the problem actually is the way we think about parenting problems. Right, we're, my back problem to, we're back is to 50,000 feet again. My here. kid can't. No, but that's not. That's right. straight up. Okay. My kid can't clean their room. That's a problem. If you decide that a clean room isn't an issue, just like if you decide a standardized test isn't an issue, then it stops being an issue, right? My kid isn't doing good at English. I have to help them do good at English. If you decide people can be good at some things and not good at other things, and I'm sure my child will be successful, the problem disappears, right? right. But let's, 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 let's pick one. So my daughter... Um, the same one who's difficult, she's a liar, right? And you, you yeah. talked about dishonesty earlier. And, and she's a liar. In a, we all lie, right? If my wife asked me, Dave, did you eat the last brownie? No, I didn't eat the last brownie. You don't Meanwhile, have cameras. Yeah, you don't fun. have camera surveillance. You can't prove this. I'm all, good. I'm, I'm good. I mean, did you fart's probably the biggest one in our that, family. Maybe. I'm just going to throw that out I there. I probably did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just not. So, so I say no, I'm a lie. I lie. But I'm not a liar. And here's how that works. My youngest daughter is a liar in that she will not tell the truth even when it would be beneficial for her to tell the truth, right? So my wife goes up to her, did you eat the last brownie? And, and she didn't. I ate the last brownie, right? You know what she'd say? Yeah, I ate it. What, what are you going to do about it, right? Oh, my gosh. She, that's, that's the level of dishonesty, right? Um, so she is dishonest. What's the upside? We've already talked about it. She's incredibly imaginative, uh -huh. right? And sometimes that's she tries to sell her imagination as reality, right? Uh -huh. What's the upside? The upside is she's incredibly creative. She doesn't ride the skateboard. She puts a boogie board 
for the beach on the skateboard, kneels on the boogie board, puts gardening gloves on her hands and uses her hands to propel herself down the street, right? So she can't do anything in the normal way. Um, she's incredibly imaginative. Sometimes she tries to sell her imagination as reality. That's dishonesty. So I have a liar on my hands, but I also have somebody who's incredibly creative. And so I can either spend every day focusing on how she's dishonest, or I can realize there's another side to the story. It doesn't mean I accept the dishonesty. It doesn't mean when she lies to me, I go, that's great. I love those lies. <laughs> but it does mean that I don't start to define her as a human being by her dishonesty, um, I see that other side and it starts to change the way I interact with her. Uh, Even going to school. So how does this affect school? My one daughter does 18 hours of gymnastics a week. Mm. Um, And at one point she's like, look, school doesn't work out for me. I got to get up so early after being up so late doing gymnastics. Can I do some kind of homeschool or something? Um, And so we found an online program through a university where she can take uh, high school classes on the computer. She wakes up whenever she wants. She does her work completely on her own. Uh, She submits her assignments completely on her own. She works on the weekends. She works in the evenings. She works whenever she has time. And she completely runs her own school life now instead of you have to go at this time. You have to take these classes. You have to do these things. So it does impact. um, Some some parents have a one-sport policy. Sports were good for me. Sports will be good for you. They'll teach you good lessons. Um, My one daughter refused to do sports every single year until sixth grade. And when I finally asked her one time, she goes, you know what, Dad? Sports just aren't my thing. Right. So I decided to focus on what was her thing. Right. And in sixth grade, uh, swimming came around, a new sport they added at the school. And uh, she loved it. Uh, It's an individual sport, not a group sport. She's not a group person. Uh, She's never going to get hit with a basketball in in swim. Mm -hmm. Uh, She uh, isn't incredibly coordinated. In fact, she's uncoordinated. Swimming is the same motion repetitively over and over and over again. It's not loud and sort of wild. In fact, your head's in the water. It's as quiet as it could be. That was the perfect fit for who she is. And so I think that's one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is alignment. I think our goal as parents is to help our kid find the right fit between who they are and where they are, not even not even in college, beyond college, because maybe college isn't the right fit. For the rest of their life, what's the right fit between who they are and where they are? And show them that that's part of success in life isn't changing who you are. It's matching who you are to where you are and finding those situations just mm-hmm. like you all have. You left the environment you were in, which was an okay fit, and then you created your own fit that's perfect for you and allows you to do most of what you want to do. You look for fit in relationships between who you are uh, and who you're with. And so that's one of, I think, our jobs as a parent. And that's where on a real practical level, that influences what I do every single day is, am I trying to change my child to match my definition of good? Or am I trying to help my child make the most out of who they are in a world that has millions of potential opportunities for them to find that fit? And also millions of limiting factors. I think that's one of the biggest issues is the society that we live in is you really... (laughs) Um, you really, really, if you're successful, like you want your kids to reflect your success. That's just kind of the way our society is. Yeah. Like, boy, I, I could, I, I could figure this math problem out. Why yeah. the heck can't you figure this math yeah. problem out? Right. Um, you know, I went to school at this place. And I, you need to go to a school I'm like this place. I'm good in these ways. Why yeah. can't you be good in these ways? And that's not fair. Good has. That's what I was saying initially. We have to have a broader definition of what good is. And there's there's a very there's a there's a lot of potential versions of good. A lot of different. For, I mean, there was a guy who was uh, he grew up in India and he he was a doctor in in Michigan and he and his wife both doctors and they have two sons. He saw me speak and I came back a year later and he said, Dave, I really appreciated your speech. He said because my dad told me. If I wasn't a doctor, a lawyer, or accountant, I wasn't even part of the family anymore. Oh, geez. That was his definition of good, right? And that's pretty narrow, but we do it with our kids. You got to get good grades so you can get into a good college because that's what good people do. And, and he said, but now 
I'm trying to help my kids be whatever they could be and be whatever they want to be and help them succeed based on their terms and based on who they are, not based on who I was, right? And that's a big that's a big mind shift change is we have to be open when we have a kid that they might turn out to be good and successful in ways that we didn't even know were possible. Because when it comes down to it, I just want my kids to have options. So this, yeah. is, this is how like meta I go, which yeah. is, you know, we're in sixth grade, we're in sixth grade math and I want you to do well in sixth grade math because if you do well in sixth grade math and you'll do well in high school math and then you do well in college and then when you do well in college, you're going to get a great job and then you're going to be happy because then this is like, yeah. I, then that's, that's yeah. I just want her to be, have options and to be, yeah. and, and so I, I, I get real serious about sixth grade math. When it comes down to it, I can't even do the math she's doing. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't go on your transcript. And it doesn't go on your transcript, yeah. and I legit don't understand it. Max has a comment. Max, hi, by the way, hi, Max. Hi, Max. Say hi to Max. Hey, everybody. Ahead, Max. Max is a good listener. That's yeah. one yeah, of his skills. Good. Yeah, yes. listener. That's funny because most people tell, tell me that I'm such a chatterbox. <laughs> this is the quietest you'll ever hear me. Uh, as a... As a parent with a daughter that also has the proclivity to lying, yeah, how do you or do you call out your little liar uh, every now and then? And just when it's so apparently obvious. Oh, yeah. Well, we do call it out. It's just balancing it out with also doing the other thing. We've actually just had the discussion where they're straight up. You're incredibly imaginative. You're incredibly creative. That's fantastic. Sometimes that crosses a line. But we know this isn't just dishonesty, right? We know there's another side to it. And just that conversation, she knows that. Uh, but we do. We, we, we've had the, you know, the boy who cried wolf discussion and all those kinds of things. And it, it is a frustration in our relationship. I think it just changes things, though, when it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. And it's not just a constant source of, of discussion. At some point, it becomes going, I've got a kid who has a little more of a fluid definition of what the truth is. And they're probably going to be into <laughs> politics or something like that. I was going to say, um, it sounds like we have a presidential candidate. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, say that, I, saw I think coming. the best I proved my littlest one wrong in a lie that was so great. And she even looked at me and her eyes got wide because I was so able to prove it. I walked by, she was taking a bath and I said, Charlotte, did you, did you shampoo your hair yet? She goes, yeah. I said, oh really? She goes, yeah. I said, how come there's no soap in the water? And she Busted. went, huh? I'm like, that is the cleanest looking bath water I've ever seen in my life. And just then she realized, she's like, <gasps> and I, I even said, I go, Busted. She's like, Dad! And she freaked out on me at that what, point. What you should have said was, you're so creative. <laughs> you're going to be a politician someday. Creatively avoided fluid. the water and the soap I know, I st- in your hair. Isn't that so funny? Like, even my 12-year-old, I'm like, dude, I can tell you didn't wash your hair. The part is still were dry. Yeah. Like, it's, your hair is dry. I know you didn't wash your hair. <laughs> Hygiene. Hygiene. Yeah, uh, so that is, it's one of those things where it's both sides of the story, right? So we, you know, we tell her to wash her hands when she's little, right? right. She'd be like, I did. You'd be like, your hands aren't wet. Yeah. So then she'd sprinkle some water on her hands. Yeah. Then my wife would say, I don't smell any soap. So then she'd rub a tiny bit of soap on her hands and run the water to make the noise to make the noise and not actually take no I've, so, I've lived this yeah. like you turned on the sink just yeah. put your hands underneath it but just that's a that's it. i mean that's another one right that's incredibly persistent that's a person who's incredibly sort of uh focused on sort of doing things she their way is going Re- to be president. resistant to external pressure right and again when it's somebody else's pressure yeah. you're really hoping she's resistant yeah. to that pressure but you want them to and that's the thing this is part of why i try to teach people you don't get to have it both ways you don't get to have an incredibly compliant kid at who's incredibly compliant at school, who then in real life becomes a person yeah. who just always when stands up for starts, themselves. That yeah. becomes
becomes a lesson and that becomes a process that the person follows for the rest of their life and that we wish we could have it both ways and that's part of what I was saying earlier with side effects and what I'm trying to teach people. I want a kid who does whatever I say all the time, who's also incredibly assertive and stands up for they want and doesn't give in to pressure with others. Yeah, when she goes to senior prom, I want the kid that's not going right. to give in to pressure. Right, yeah. right. And but so also... she did that. She did that the other day. So again, it's it's just partially trying to see both sides. So a kid was being bullied in her class, and the, the, the kid actually told her friend, if you say anything to anybody about what I did, I'll kill you, right? Mm. Now, he's probably not going to, but that's Whoa. a pretty serious threat. And that girl was pretty intimidated, right? Absolutely. And my daughter said, that is ridiculous. We're going to the teacher. He's not going to kill you. And if he does, I will kill him. Let's go. <laughs> she was able to give this girl some courage to go step in because she's Good not going to be pushed around, right? So that, but But you don't get that from someone who's been taught Give in. Don't let everyone else back. win. Let everybody else win. <laughs> Other people are right and you're wrong, right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things where there's no – what we'd like to think is there's some good ways to be and there's some bad ways to be. And the reality is every way has a little bit of both and that's hard to deal with, especially when it has some of those consequences like someone's dishonest. Um you know, and and it's it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. It, I'm not saying that I love that about my daughter. Here's what's interesting: my oldest daughter is the exact opposite. She does everything right. She wants to be early. She obsesses about her grades. She doesn't need me to push her. In fact, I would actually tell her to dial it back, but I don't because I know she won't. Um, and so I encourage her to, to to be intense and to be responsible and all those things. And I actually, because of my perspective, you asked how far this goes. Because of my perspective, I'm actually a little nervous about her that she's going to run into a point in life where simply just doing what you're supposed to do, doing it right, doing what you're yeah. told isn't going to work out for her anymore. And I'm pretty sure my youngest daughter is going to be a billionaire. I just don't know how. <laughs> it's going to be and for it like may, good or evil. It may she's involve going, a Ponzi yeah. scheme, <laughs> right. but she's going to crush it, right? And so that's how far. So you ask, like, if I believe this, I don't feel like I can teach this. It's part of the reason I dress the way I do. I don't think I can teach this if I'm not living this. So I live it in my business, live it in my marriage, I live it with my kids. And that's one of the reasons I'm so confident in it. I know this works because I do it every day. And I don't ask anybody else to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do in my own life. And that's how far it's gone to where I'm nervous about the downside of my daughter's obvious upsides. If I listed all her stats, people would be like, oh, I wish I had a kid like that. And then I could I could go for a long time on what the downsides of that might be. And they're real. They're right. real. So my biggest downside – and this is a, a probably a good wrapping up point because you just ended with like a really awesome little kind of – soliloquy there um <laughs> is my biggest downside is that i i zone out during things so yeah. i heard about half of what you said <laughs> that's I why we recorded everything. it that's why we recorded I heard everything. it kim kim i'm gonna know i'm gonna listen to it again i'm gonna make yeah. sure i catch everything but yeah. like a lot of the times i was like either thinking about what my next question was gonna be or like what yeah. might be a funny you were staring into max's eyes i was looking at max i was thinking about the rest of my day yeah. about whether or not i had too much coffee so i do like to read. i heard everything I, yeah I, and, and you I guys know. invited me, yeah. right? Like, yes. I didn't say. We did. We yeah. did. I didn't we invited, say. I'm we invited come. you. And I know you heard everything, honey. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm just trying to admit what my shortcomings are, and I don't yeah. need to be shamed about it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so he's already weaponizing it. The podcast uh, isn't over. No, I just the podcast thought, is David, not this is going to be a disaster. I, I, no, I like to end with kind of a recap, like a quick kind of bullet uh, I'll be interested on, what your recap is going to be. All right, you ready? Pens yeah. notes? Here we go. Cliff's notes? It's like when you had a bad connection on the phone. It's every other word. Yeah. Here we go. Pen's notes on this. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, Dave, you're not you're not your parents, and this is is yeah. proven by the fact that David's daughter is a competitive gymnast. And I'm imagining from your bathroom story that you were a terrible gymnast. Not, not never did a cartwheel. Right. Yeah. So that's one. Yeah. Um, 
the the fact that every upside has a downside. I'm sorry, every downside has an upside and vice versa. You're still versa. pushing your perspective on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I, well, you just that ended. was an accident. That was an I know. accident. You, Thanks, that you did just end with the fact that you have some neurosis about yeah. this, yeah. which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I think like the most interesting thing that I took from this was when when dealing with uh, not only parenting but also being with a couple. Like you've got to find the best way to communicate these things. Yeah, and a lot of times there are words that we use all the time that are words that you're supposed to avoid. Yeah, I think like we we said disappointed and just anything that like leads to shaming. Right, that's super challenging, and you even admitted when you when you have to discipline someone and make sure that they're safe and yeah. aren't completely losing confidence and falling off of the. Um, face of the earth right 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 right. how am i doing you're doing great honey okay so i I did hear some of this stuff um (laughs) yeah add it's yeah i'm I'm searching for the upside right now i'm kidding you're doing great baby i love you why don't you throw some points in no no i because i i heard everything in the book in the book there's 12 upsides for add there's also a great book called faster than normal where it's a whole book about the upsides of add yes and we embrace so it Penn is a scorching case of ADD, obviously. Scorching. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good it's, term. It's, it's like I think that's what the doctor said when I was in college. He yeah. said a scorching. Yes, yeah. but but there are upsides to it. And we embrace those yeah. in that he he is he's highly entertaining. His brain yep. works very quickly. He's in, he's insanely creative at a, a rapid pace. But with yep. with all of that, uh, that just there are over, side effects. There are side effects. Yep. And and that is he puts coffee and and important documents on the top of the car and then drives away like stuff like that so love you honey. what, what else and <laughs> no no but this has been really helpful because i think that literally on the drive here we spent uh the the 15 minutes talking about our daughter and yeah. how because yeah. we're, we're getting we're at a really great period of time and she turns 12 tomorrow yeah and there's some hormones kicking in yeah so we're trying to like dissect it's only going to get more exciting i'm really looking forward to yeah. it um like what is hormones and then what is like this regular angst and we yeah. have no doubt she is she is the most empathetic person she seeks out people that are sitting alone at lunch like she is inclusive she is all the things i want her to be in a human yeah but I am a little worried about her hygiene (laughs) and I'm a little worried about just like her lack of she if 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 I gave her the option right now to stay home and go to art school or like to pull out and just go to like some sort of art school, she would jump at it. Yeah. And if they have that for 11 year olds, like I would probably look into it. And they do. And they do. And that's a great example. I mean, there's there's. Ken, Ken Robinson wrote a book called The Element, and it started with this story of this girl named Jillian who couldn't pay attention in school, and her mom thought something must be wrong, and the teacher said something's wrong, and she took Jillian to a psychiatrist, and he did some tests, and then he, then he acted kind of weird, and he said, can you talk to me in the hall? And when he left the room, he put a record on, right? It's the olden mm-hmm. days. He put on a record, and they walked out of the room, and he closed the door, and she said, what do you want to talk to me about? He said, nothing. He said, just watch. And when the record came on, Jillian just started kind of dancing, moving around the room, and he said, look, your daughter learns when she moves, right? Mm. And he said, your daughter is never going to succeed in a regular school. You need to put her in a performing arts school, in a dance school. Uh, and then he did, and she was the person who choreographed, like, Phantom of the Opera and all of these other oh, things. Wow. She went on to become phenomenally successful because instead of saying, this is what this environment requires, and so you need to be that person, they said, Why, how can we find an environment that capitalizes on who you are? And so part of what I'm talking about is this idea of of negativity bias. We see what's wrong and we miss what's right, even though they're both right there, right? right? So I think part of what I would say my challenge to parents would be is, 
are you spending enough time and mental energy on the upside? Uh, if a kid brings home all A's and a C, what are we going to talk about? The C. Absolutely. When in fact, they're probably going to be successful in life based on, even if they got one A, get them tutoring, get them an extra summer class in that, get them an extracurricular activity in that if it's creative writing or art or whatever it is, and forget about the rest of them. As long as you're passing those other things, that's all that matters. Life is about having one A in one subject and building everything on that, and the rest of it doesn't matter that much. And so it's being able to have that perspective where at least as parents, again, I, I think to, to address some of your points, where we never just go, okay, Dave's saying that all our children are perfect and there's nothing wrong with them. No, that's exactly what I'm not saying. There's definitely something wrong with everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's accompanied by something that's also very, very good. And so we get to choose what we look at on a daily basis. So we get to choose what we talk about in the car. And do we talk about that empathy and that inclusiveness? And do we have those conversations with them? Because that damages marriage as well. Yeah, yeah, I love these eight things about my spouse or partner, but here's these other things that bother me. We're really good at talking for 15 minutes about wet towel, fill in the blank. Uh, We're not really good at spending 15 minutes talking about those things we appreciate. We can really get going on the negatives. We have a harder time talking about the positives. Okay. I, I love the story about the Phantom of the Opera choreographer, and it, like, yeah. it, it hit close to home. I also think it's funny how anytime anyone tells those stories, it always ends up being like, that person turned out to be yeah. Michael Jordan. It's never like, that person turned out to be the guy who half decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's, the guy um, I gave money to on the way into right. the building. Exactly. Um, but, but I mean, but to your point, like you've, you've uh, more than you realize, you've given us some stuff that we can work with. Yeah. And it's incredibly timely. It's probably timely for everyone for different reasons. But for us, it really, I mean, you heard us personalize the crap yeah. out of this. That's what we normally yeah. do with this. We, we can't think about other people. We got to think about ourselves. Well, it's a, it's a challenge. So, you know, a guy uh, saw me do this and he, he sent me an email. It was one of the most powerful emails I ever got. He said, I went home, took my 16-year-old out to lunch and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. I've had some people in tears after my speech and say, I wish I would have heard this when my kid was still younger. Um, so one of the things I say in those, because I'm certainly not trying to make anybody feel bad, and I deal with these challenges every day. I have 17, 15, and 12. It's not like I'm beyond this or something. One of the reasons that I'm not in therapy about my parents is because I recognize they had the right intentions. They just had the wrong framework. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So they were doing what their t- parents and their teachers and their employers taught them, right? They were living what they th- they were trying to help me. Like you're like sixth grade math leads to seventh grade math leads to college math leads to your leads job. Leads to the rest of her life, yeah. So you, you have the right intention. I don't want you to fail, but the framework says if you have any weaknesses, you will fail. You have to be perfect in all the ways or you will fail. You have to be good at every level or you will fail. What I try to do is give people a different framework. Take those positive intentions and maybe think about it in a different way and you'd start behaving a little differently towards people. But I'm certainly not attacking whether people are quote unquote good or bad parents. You're good when you are trying to help your child be successful instead of not. I just think there's better and better ways to look at how you actually accomplish that goal. And uh, even though it's 50,000 feet, what is actually good? And that might seem like a real meta question, but it's huge. If good is having a clean room, then your daughter's bad in a certain way. If good is being creative and empathetic and inclusive, then your daughter's very good in a lot of ways. And that doesn't have to matter, right? That doesn't have to matter. So I want to list out your books here because we'll put them in the description, but it's the four factors of effective leadership, the freak factor, the freak factor for kids, and pink goldfish. Pink goldfish. That's just a strip club. (laughs) 
right? No, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> that, that may be, that may I may need to look into some franchising there. That might be an opportunity. What, no, what is pink? Is pink goldfish about how to be a better pet owner? Or so is pink it... goldfish takes this concept of weaknesses can also be strengths, and it applies it to marketing and strategy. So how would you, how can you build on the flaws of your business instead of trying to fix them? How can you tap into those things that seem like weaknesses? Uh, it's a great example here in Raleigh. You've seen the billboard um, for Republic Wireless. It says yeah. they call us boring. Like that's an insult. Yeah. They're playing on the weakness. We're predictable. We're predictable. Uh, the people who buy it, they say, um, are stingy, and then they cross it out and go fiscally responsible, right? Right. And that's actually one of the ones on my assessment is that we call people cheap, uh, but there's value in being frugal. Um, and so that's a company saying, we're not about to change who we are to meet your definition of good. We're good for these kinds of people, uh, and we're good in these kinds of ways. Every business has a downside. So it takes these same concept, applies it to how you run your business, how you run your personal brand, um, and being sort of proud of who you are, unashamed of who you are, instead of trying to be for everyone, right? Instead of trying to make everyone happy. This has been very impactful, I will say. And I think it's given us a lot to talk about. And um, now I have your phone number and I might just call you for some like, <laughs> Yeah, we were thinking about reading all four books, but it might be easier if just we just to call you every time we'll we have keep, a problem. Is we'll that just a, keep talking. Just, <laughs> we'll just keep talking. Sorry. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Um, I have a feeling we're going to have to like tap you again because I think this is going to bring up a big discussion. May I have to it. force you to come in again. I'm really excited I about I love, love big discussions. I just <laughs> <laughs> to make sure you guys know that I'm super psyched about the big discussion. Maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll have discussions and yes. then we'll send Penn the highlights. Just, just like a PowerPoint with like yeah. four little bullet points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank Got you it. very much. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.